0: Thunder Podcast Network. The first instrument that I ever got was a Stage Master 3000 bass guitar. I had that thing since I was probably 13 years old. And eventually I got better instruments, learned to actually play. After a while, that old bass guitar just kind of sat around and didn't do anything. So one day I had this bright idea to take some window springs which are the springs that are on the sides of your windows when you lift it up, springs help you lift. So I took these old springs and I proceeded to mount them on this bass guitar. So it had two giant window springs for strings. And it made the most god-awful, guttural, bassy noise I've ever heard come out of that piece of junk bass. But I loved it. And it was a very, very strange instrument indeed.
1: Curioso. A curioso is someone who inquires into esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Curioso
2: podcast.
1: <laughs> hey Chris. Hey Joe, what's up? <laughs> what's uh, happening, man? Vape mouth. <laughs> <coughs> So, Joe, as Baltimore burns and riots are happening, we are recording <laughs> this episode. Fire it up!
0: Fire it up!
1: <laughs> oh, man. No. no. Well, I mean, I do have some fire coming up later yeah, on yeah. in the episode. This is we'll, true. We'll get to that. But yeah,
0: It's a very sad state of affairs right now for Baltimore. Yeah.
1: And, I mean, w- w- typically we don't usually talk about you know current events. current events and what's going on. We usually like antiquities and old events. Right. <laughs> But we just wanted to mention that we are here uh, in and around Baltimore. Mm-hmm. We are safe for all the people living uh, elsewhere that we're kind of wondering, hey, those guys always say they're from Baltimore. <laughs> right. We're we cool. hope they're not on fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, now here's the thing is uh, I, did, I was driving through the city today and did see some Humvees mm. drive through, sand-colored Humvees that are the National Guard. So the National Guard is here. There are riots, but it's not happening on our streets. However, some of our uh, Thundies Mm -hmm. or Thunder thunder Grunties, Mm -hmm. uh, some friends of ours, live a little deeper in the city. And they do live, uh, you know, very close to that and are under the 10 o'clock curfew and everything. So, you know, just uh, keep your mind on them and, uh, you know. Cross those fingers. Yeah. So I would say pray, but Joe doesn't like that. (laughs) Joe doesn't do that. No. But if you're a uh, God-fearing person, then then pray for for some of our fellow Thundies, Thunder Grunters out there. Some Grunters. Yeah. So uh, on with the episode, Joe. What are we talking about today, Chris? We are talking about musical instruments. What? what? M- musical instruments. Okay.
0: <laughs> and not just your run-of-the-mill uh, basic band instruments.
1: No, because we wouldn't be talking about no. normal instruments. We're not... No. Um, we're not the prog squad. <laughs> That's true. Right? Yeah. We are talking specifically about strange, bizarre, weird instruments. Mm-hmm. We've
0: collected a few, and we're going to go back and forth and give you guys a taste of what they sound like,
1: and uh, where they come from, and... Hold on. We're going to give them a taste of the sound? Yes. We're going to give that. That's... Mm-hmm. It, well, it's maybe... It's like smell a vision If they have synesthesia, exactly. then... Yeah. <laughs> if you have synesthesia and you taste something from some of the instruments that you hear mm-hmm. uh, on today's podcast, please uh, email us. And let us know what it tastes like. And let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Feedback at thecurioso.com. Because we, I would really like to know if you taste oranges when you hear a theremin. So first up, I want to talk about the... Picasso guitar. Oh, is this named after Pablo Picasso?
0: Yeah, but they spell
1: it with a K. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm, so it's like Also. Oh, like a pick, like a uh-huh. guitar pick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Zing. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like the picks that we get from, uh, from Free State guitars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> we're just plugging everybody today, I know, right? I know, <laughs> that's, that's what we do.
0: So it was a custom instrument created by Pat Metheny. In 1984.
1: I thought you were about to say Pat Benatar. Uh. I was like, really?
0: She makes (laughs) guitars? And it was made by Linda Manzer, who is a Canadian master luthier. Oh, is that yeah. a guitar maker? Well, no. It, it actually comes from the French word luth, which means lute. A lute. Yeah. So uh, originally the term was used for uh, lute makers. Mm-hmm. You know, but now it's kind of synonymous with all kinds of stringed
1: instruments. Yeah. I would think like a machetière would make uh, ukuleles. Yeah, maybe. Oh, you mean like uh, like, uh, like 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 right? Danny Danny Trejo. Yeah, yeah. He's got the, all those badass tattoos and everything. Love right. that guy. <laughs> I don't think he plays the ukulele, though. No. Or, or the Picasso
0: guitar, either. He, he might. We Maybe. Don't know. We I don't know. know. Uh, but anyway, uh, Manzer is renowned for her arch-top, flat-top, and harp acoustic guitars. Okay. People like Carlos Santana, Julian Larg, uh, Henrik Anderson, Stephen Fearing, Gary Larson, uh, and a slew of other people ask for these guitars. Uh, or instruments in general that she, that uh, her company makes. Her instruments start at eighteen thousand dollars. Oh, you gotta have some serious money.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean Carl, Carlos Santana, he probably yeah. has a few dollars. Yeah, I would think so. Well, he, I mean, he, he's a uh, like, what is it? What's the company that's over on the Maryland Eastern Shore? PRS. He's yeah, PRS. part owner in PRS guitars too. So mm-hmm. he, uh, he has some cash floating around. Yeah. And her flat top guitars go upwards to
0: 25,000. Holy smokes. Yeah. Uh, this, the Picasso guitar is, it's a weird shape. It's like a wedge almost, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it, it's kind of like a, you've seen those like dual necked like 80s rocker guitars. Oh, the Flying V, right? Isn't that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not the Flying V. Um, well, I guess the Flying V is a body style. Yeah. It's, it's like the back end. Mm-hmm. I'm talking a double neck. Oh, where yeah. it has a neck up here and then
1: right below it has uh, another like neck. Like Cheap
0: Trick? <laughs> sure.
1: I mean, they're the only people that I know that dude plays like a double-necked guitar right. or whatever.
0: And sometimes it's uh, a six-string on top and a 12-string on the bottom. I've seen some basses where mm-hmm. it's a four-string and a six-string bass, you know, dual neck. Uh, this thing is more than that, okay? It has 42 strings. In total? In total. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like half guitar, half harp, half, I, I don't even know what you call that, but it, it's one of the weirdest designs, because the necks, the, the main two necks aren't perfectly parallel. Yeah, they're I noticed they're slightly opposed, askew, yeah, askew. Yeah. and then there's just one just like, like a rhino horn just kind of jutting through everything. But
1: so, I mean, how many actual like player playable planes does it have? All of them. I mean, I know, but I'm saying it's got it's got like four or five sets of different strings in right. different directions.
0: Right. Well, the your, your bottom neck is almost your standard guitar. Okay. You know, it has the frets, the peg, you know, everything. Yeah. Uh, The other two necks are more like harps. They don't actually have, like, frets. Yeah. So it's more of a hold and tap or or a pick motion, you know, something like that. But it's just, it's such a strange look. I I don't even know how you play the the more vertical neck, you know, other than, like, holding the guitar up, like, arching it up to kind of, like, do your
1: your business on well, it. The thing is, is that so it's got it has several different planes of existence to play on, right? But so, but so when you say it has forty two strings, they aren't all parallel from top to bottom. No, like, I'm saying like on a the, big long harp. It's there. Right. That's the that's what makes it the Picasso guitar is that they're sticking mm-hmm. out in all absolutely different, different di- directions and angles. That's, exactly. It's that's what's so bizarre about yeah, it. Yeah, it's like the Bruce Dickinson album Balls
0: to Picasso. Uh huh. And it's two squares in the front cover. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. 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 Falls Square. Yeah. Um, I have. I get it. It just wasn't funny. Well, I have (laughs) it. It wasn't funny in like
1: (laughs) many different levels. Yeah. 1980 or whatever. (laughs) When our friend Don showed me the the the, the, album album in the first place.
0: (laughs) But I have a um, a Dan Tran,
1: which is a. uh, I don't know if you should tell anybody about that, Joe. Why? Oh, never mind. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just confused. <laughs> yeah, I think you are confused.
0: <laughs> but it is a uh, Korean instrument. Mm-hmm. It's basically a lap harp. But the Dantran, you actually push the string down on one side and pluck on the other. And it gives you that that great like fluctuation of the string, the,
1: the tone. Uh-huh. So you can hit it and go, bing. And then you push, and it goes... Like a like a whammy bar, yeah, or whatever. But, but you're pushing down on like the other side of a uh, what what is that thing called? A pinnacle, a point? What is that thing called? Like a fulcrum? A fulcrum? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it has sixteen strings, but they all go in one
0: direction. It's mm-hmm. like a big rectangle. And they all go in one direction. Yeah. This thing, the Picasso guitar, is just I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. They also make a fifty-two string Medusa guitar.
1: What really? So yeah. it's even bigger than the Picasso. <laughs>
0: even more ridiculous.
1: Oh, but with this one, it's kind of like um, like uh, like old grunge bands where they would leave the uh, leave the strings mm-hmm. and they wouldn't clip them, and yeah. it would just hang all over the place. Hit, Is hit, the, uh, like the grinding with the strings, like hit a note and you'd hear like a <laughs> <yeah. that. laughs> like uh, what, what was the guy from um, like Billy Joe or whatever. Mm. Didn't he do that all the time? I remember seeing him, and he always had, like, the strings would just hang off the end of the guitar. Yeah, 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 and poke people in the eyeballs and stuff while he's (laughs) jumping around the stage being crazy. I think I saw them at, like, Lollapalooza one time doing that,
0: yeah. Nice, nice. All right, guys, this is what the Picasso guitar sounds like.
1: 42 strings of pure awesomeness. (laughs) I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> so it sounds like it. Al- jazz. I mean, some of that stuff act almost sounds like a piano.
0: Well, it, 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 that's from the higher registry uh, because you have shorter necks. Yeah. Uh, more than likely, the the more vertical one, you're going to have short necks. So you're going to have higher tones. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can hear it. It's it's almost like the rhythmic lower tones, the bass notes. Yeah. And then you come in with the sort of accented higher, you know, boom bada, boom boom boom.
2: Yeah, he's beep, really beep, working beep, beep.
0: that thing. He's like all over the place on this thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just don't I don't really dig on the uh
1: the jazz fusion. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the only thing that I could find, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I didn't have anybody playing a, you know, cover of a cheap Trick song. All right, Joe. So I, I almost hesitate to to bring this one up. Next, because this is so freaking awesome, but I had to I I had to pick one that mm-hmm. I wanted to do first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Joe, I'm going to talk about the pyrophone. Mm. The pyrophone is freaking awesome. Well, I the word pyro mm-hmm. means fire. Fire it comes from the the Latin yeah. for fire. We, we teased this at the beginning because mm. Baltimore was burning down. That's right. Um. Yeah. And uh, phone uh means what? The, a phone. A phone. Needs, <laughs> it means, like, sound, auditory, yes, right? Yes, so, um So just like the telephone or, right. or you know, any, any other kind of phone instrument. Mm-hmm. The uh, pyrophone is basically an organ. Whose organ? Well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They say the skin is the biggest part of the biggest organ of the body. It's not mine. Um, anyway, so no, it's a it's a you know basically an organ, but it uses fire for the sound instead of blowing uh, air through the through the tubes. Okay, mm-hmm. you know we're talking like Phantom of the Opera style or a wood instrument or mm-hmm. a brass. Yeah. Well, this would have to be a brass. Instrument. Well, mostly what I have found is that the tubes that are used on the pyrophone Mm -hmm. are actually glass. Oh nice, okay. Now, so there there are a whole bunch of glass tubes. At the very, very top you have kind of metal sleeves Uh at the very top, and those metal sleeves are used to fine tune it, you know, to make the tubes a little bit longer or a mm-hmm. little bit shorter as needed just to fine-tune it in case anything moves or shifts because glass does move over time eventually yeah, because yeah. it is technically, I don't know, it's a type of, like, extremely slow-moving liquid. Yes. Ba- yeah, but I don't know. It, it, it will... Expand and contract due exactly. to heat and cold. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so basically what happens is, um, well, let me tell you a little bit about it. So this was patented in Strasbourg uh, by a Strasbourg-born musician. Strasbourg is a, 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 in France. Mm-hmm. He was also a scientist, Frederick Kastner. And th- it was in 1873, the pyrophone uh, was patented. When? 1873. Wow. Didn't I say did I say 1893. No, I, I thought it would be more, I think it would be later, like oh, 90s. Oh, no, yeah, it's 1873. Uh, so it was discovered, uh, he took advantage of Dr. B. Higgins' discovery that a hydrogen flame uh, positioned at the lower end of a glass tube would produce notes, uh, and he combined this with his musical knowledge. Mm-hmm. His father was uh, composer uh, George's Kastner, uh, and he produced the fire organ. Sometimes it's also known as the explosion organ or the... <laughs> the I no <know>, right? <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, I turned 14 again, so... <laughs> So anyway, it, it's it's really really cool. So basically, they you know you you take a, a hydrogen flame, mm-hmm. right, like a Bunsen burner almost. Yeah, yeah. You exactly. put it underneath in in the tube, mm-hmm. and instead of air pressure, it's it's like this kind of a, a, a quirk of you know of the flame for the mm-hmm. fact that it creates a resonance, and it and it produces sound, and you nice. can change that sound depending on the gla- size of the glass tube to you know to make you know music. So this basically. is this
0: is akin to taking those old like cider jugs, mm-hmm. you know, and
1: yeah, ooh, like the j- old time jug bands with yeah. the triple x on the on yeah, the, yeah. on the side of the jug. They, but, but with fire. But you're basically using fire <laughs> instead yeah. of your mouth or, mm-hmm. or breath. Now, there nice. is like a, there is a I think a musical group called like Fire Juggernaut okay. that uh, they say they have a pyrophone, and they use it like, you know, like Burning Man, places like that. When yeah. they have, uh, and it's a whole bunch of people on this giant, like, ship-looking thing, and okay. they blow fire out of their organ. But I don't think that... <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> I <know. laughs> straight face. Straight face. <laughs> straight face. Um, they, you so, think Johnny Blaze does that? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Blows fire out of his organ. <laughs> So... Flame on! <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> okay, back to it. Um, but, uh, but basically, I don't think that the, it's an actual pyrophone that they use. Okay. It ju- they just have, like, fire jets at the very top. So when they so, call it a pyrophone, it's not a pyrophone. It's an organ that shoots fire out. Gotcha. The, the actual pyrophone does exist, and a few people have actually made them up. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the coolest things that I found recently... Is that uh, uh, Stella Artois? Um, Stella, oh, beer, the, the beer, yeah, yeah. That always, you know, in um, you know, over in uh, Europe, they actually take the the glass, yeah, and you know, they, the, the they Stella, shave off, they the, shave it the off head. with a knife and everything. Yeah, they have a very specific way of drinking it. Yes. Of course, we don't get real Stella Artois here. We no. just get like the watered down American version. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, well, I don't know. For whatever reason, they don't, they won't bring over that recipe. Right. So, but uh, Stella actually has created a a pyrophone. Hmm. Yeah, they took the inspiration from Kastner's, you know, late eighteen hundred, you know, invention, mm. and they decided to recreate it. And mostly, there's no actual documents on how to how to create this. Mm-hmm. So they had to look at an old picture
2: oh, nice. of, of
1: Kastner sitting in front of his pyrophone, and it, you know, it, it almost it's very church like. Like it looks like, the like big giant. You know, pipe organ. Exactly. Type yeah. Thing. Yeah. But but it's all made out of glass. Hmm. But what's cool about the Stellar Artois one is that they actually took at the very bottom they they use the Stellar Artois glasses. Of course, I was waiting for the right where the, the, the trademark exactly. Comes in. So they use the glasses at the very bottom of the glass tubes, mm-hmm. and they say it actually creates a better resonance hmm. than than if they didn't have them. So I just thought that was really cool. And, of course, they they did a whole bunch of different work uh, on trying to figure it out, you know, cutting the tubes at different lengths and and how to fine-tune it and Mm -hmm. things like that. But they actually used, like, medical glass tubing to to get it correct. Um, Now, I believe that they're actually using, like, a type of butane uh, to to create the sound instead of hydrogen. Mm Mm-hmm. Which makes more sense? It's a cleaner because, fuel. Yeah, but you know it's also readily available. You can yeah. go to Home Depot and buy. You know what I mean? A, you know, I've got caffeine. several for camping. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's actually what they're using. So, it, yeah, it's really neat. And uh, do you want to hear it? Yeah. Now the the pyrophone part that I found. This isn't so much a musical. Um, like a musical accompaniment uh, or anything. It isn't like a musical piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's more like just kind of like a test. I couldn't find anyone who actually played like a, 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 a real... song or. Yeah, yeah, all I could find is like these, oh, we're testing, you know, so here we go, here it is. <laughs> You also hear in the background the butane torch. Yeah, sh- yeah that have a very specific sound yeah. when a butane torch lights up. So th- this is a basically like I found a guy testing one that he was making. Mm-hmm. Um, now the first three that he did are all copper tubes, and then the the last one that he did was a glass tube, and you can actually hear the difference. The difference, in the it sounds yeah. better. Mm-hmm. So that's why they use the glass tubes. It has a way better resonance than using, nice. using the old copper tubes. Well, like yeah, I, w- I would think because the, the metal would probably
0: have a thinner sound, you mm-hmm. know, more a tinny, yeah. coppery sound. Right, exactly, know? yeah. Over, over something a little more warm, you know? I mean, glass is not a warm sound, but it can be, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the depth and the thickness and all that stuff. All right, from one organ to another organ... Let's talk about the Great Stalag Pipe Organ. Stalag Pipe? Stalag Pipe. Okay. Do you know the difference between a stalagmite and a stalagmite?
1: I do. Which one's which? Well, a stalagmite mm-hmm. hangs tightly to the ceiling. Or top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a, uh, a stalagmite...
0: Uh, you might trip on it.
1: Yeah, is that it? Mm-hmm. It's some, yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I know stalagmites hang tightly from the ceiling. Right. And that's how I remember that one.
0: Alright, so this is one of the most bizarre uh instruments that I have found. Because it doesn't just make a weird sound or it's made from living rock.
1: Living rock? Yeah. Like uh like the thing? Yeah, or
0: kinda of like the um the the stone crusher guy from Neverending Story. The rock crusher? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> These were big, strong hands, (laughs) weren't they? Even the stupid bat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That guy makes me cry.
0: Yeah. But it's an electrically actuated lithophone. A lithophone is an instrument that employs stone or rock as a percussive. Like um, It's in the same family as an idiophone, Mm -hmm. like a glockenspiel, or a xylophone, so it, you know, like mallets or something on on little chunks of metal, wood, or mm-hmm. stone, to make uh, a resonant sound. And it's located in Luray Caverns, Virginia.
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying. I thought so, and because mm-hmm. I've been there when I was a kid. Yeah, you one of my favorite things about there. The fried eggs. Fried eggs. They have (laughs) so awesome. So yeah, they have this little area where it looks just like fried eggs that are made out of rock. Yeah, basically like a postcard of that when I was a kid. Yeah,
0: it was like a, a, like a flat or domed stalagmite, Mm -hmm. and above it,
1: the,
0: I guess two closest stalactites, the drippings, Mm -hmm. you know, all the minerals, formed this what looks like yeah. Friday, like little yoke like pieces, sunny and side up right. Friday, exactly. It's crazy. But they also have the stalag pipe organ there. Mm-hmm. The name actually is from its resemblance to an actual organ the big, you know, cathedral organs. Mm-hmm. They selected 37 naturally formed stalactites to make the, the pipe work of a traditional organ. So in the, the, the hall of, of the cavern, they, the 37 closest stalactites and probably stalagmites, uh, they, were, they used those.
1: Now, did they actually cut them? Because I don't think so, right? No, they're, no, they didn't cut them. They didn't cut them. I mean, some dude would have had to get on a ladder with a rubber mallet just to test these. So basically they, they
0: wired a mallet to each stalactite. That activated by pressing a, a basically a keyboard mm-hmm. like old pianos. Pianos have a hammer that hits a string. You know, it's like a very long, you know, very wide uh, guitar. But instead of plucking, you have a hammer that hits the string, which makes the note. Yeah. So this is the same same kind of thing. Uh, so they would have this keyboard. It would hit the a uh, little rubber mallet that would hit the stalactite and cause the the acoustic.
1: the the note to happen, and because you're in a big giant cave... Yeah, a giant
0: bathroom with awesome
1: acoustics. Yeah, It's like singing in the shower, like 400 feet underground.
0: Mm -hmm. So the stalactites are actually distributed through approximately 3.5 acres of the cavern. So they have one centralized keyboard, all of these different actuators and rubber mallets through this entire giant cavern, you know. Mm -hmm. So you hit the key, and... A mile down the, the cavern, you'll hear boom. It's just, it's so crazy. And it can be heard anywhere within its 64 acres of the of Caverns.
1: Really? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've actually ever heard it besides on like uh, YouTube videos because I don't remember it actually playing when I was a kid and I was there. Yeah, I mean, I never heard it when I was mm-hmm. there.
0: So it was designed and implemented in 1956 over three years by Leland W. Sprinkle.
1: Sprinkle's a busy man.
0: Mm-hmm. And like we said, Luray Caverns inside Shenandoah National Park, Virginia.
1: And uh, by the way, they have really good apple butter up there if you decide to go for a trip.
0: The organ console was constructed by Clan Organ Supply of Waynesboro, Virginia. The original console design featured volume controls and, and, you know, harmonics and solo and echo and like an old-timey organ. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a little slide clicky button and the old lady would play some kind of marchy tune, you know, and you'd switch it over to organ and be like... <laughs> Just, but I can't imagine 3.5 acres of stalactites, you know. That's a massive organ. That
1: are That is a massive organ. <laughs> I would say... <laughs> that that is almost the biggest organ I've ever seen. Mm-hmm.
0: During its first three de- decades, uh, vinyl records, both uh seven inch and thirty three and a half, um what would that be? Uh forty five? Yeah, like yeah, a normal yeah. forty five, yeah. Yeah. Um so they, they sold them at the gift shops. At the oh, of the, of
1: the organ being played. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, so they actually did recordings. And I think nowadays um, you might be able to still find a CD of it. Uh, in
1: it beats the hell out of the chanting monks of or, the 90s.
0: Right. Well, in 2011, a Finnish-Swedish music uh, collective, Pepe Deluxe. Remember them?
1: No. Where are no? they from? Uh,
0: Finnish, Finland, and Sweden.
1: Well, you said remember them like we brought them up on a previous episode. No, before. no,
0: but they they were around in like the the early two thousands. Pepe Deluxe. They were like it was like dancey beats and stuff like that. You know, the, you know.
1: No, I don't remember them at all.
0: Very Aqua esque, <laughs> without the hot lead singer. So let's hear what this thing sounds like.
1: Now, the the video that I found is actually a, a piece from Ripley's Believe It or Not. So uh, I'm gonna have to try and fast forward a little bit here.
0: So yeah, you can kind of hear the um, you can you can hear the echo of the the water droplets. Did yeah, you hear that? I, it was I like, heard that.
2: Yeah, blink. <laughs> <laughs> you hear
0: that all throughout those caverns. And, na- and now, if you're lucky enough to
1: to get to Leroy Caverns, maybe the day that you go. Somebody might be playing with their organ. That's right. (laughs) I mean, Leray Caverns' organ. It's dark down there. (laughs) Things happen. What happens in Leray Caverns stays in Leray Caverns. (laughs) No,
0: it doesn't. (laughs) All
1: right, Joe, I want to talk about another strange instrument. And this is one that I I think has really caught my interest for a long time. And this one is called the theremin. Mm, yes. Now, I, I know a lot of people have been, you know, know, probably know what the theremin is, but, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit. So this was actually invented by theremin in 1919. He was a Russian physicist. He was at, his real name is actually Lev Termin, but he changed it when he, w- he kind of moved to the United States. In the early 1920s, Leon Theremin came to the United States to promote his invention. He was given a studio to work in and trained several musicians to help bring the theremin to public eye. But in 1938, he was taken back to the Soviet Union by force, leaving behind his studio, his friends, his business, his wife, and he actually was—he stayed in a prison camp, wow. and he, had, he was forced to work for the KGB designing uh, many different Weapons? electronic things, hmm. probably mostly intelligence. You know, can you make
0: intelligence with electronics?
1: No, I mean gathering intelligence. (laughs) Yes, I know. So I mean, if if, if Age Ultron's coming up, apparently you can. True. Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm. So, uh, but he created uh, the bug method for cleaning up noisy audio recordings. Hmm. So, uh, you know, what's what you what you use? You know, what is it? uh, Audio, whatever, to do the the, you know, the. What, they, what do you like call compression it? compression and limiters. Yeah, I mean, yeah and limiters probably and... had something to do with that. Probably, yeah. So, uh, originally the theremin was intended to play classical music and even replace entire orchestras what? with its music from the aether. Aether? The aether. Aether? The aether. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, but that never really quite happened. It sort of just kind of fell off, uh, you know, eventually during like the 60s and 70s and even up into the 90s mm-hmm. it started to have it like a bit of a resurgence so yeah. um one of the things that you know because it was it creates such a bizarre sound i'm trying to okay hold
0: on mm-hmm. it does create a very bizarre sound you have basically your your antenna yeah and then your uh, your bottom ring yes right well mm-hmm. not really a ring it's like a half circle
1: yeah no I would say, well, yeah I wouldn't say a ring I would say like a U-bend sort of thing. Right. So right. that that's what the other thing is. It it's it's so bizarre because you don't touch it. No. No. The theremin is not touched. Yeah. What it actually does is it it is it is it if Sees where your hands, not sees. Okay, Elect- <laughs> the uh, like um electronic fields that it creates. Yes. You put your hand in the electronic field, and mm-hmm. you create the pitch and the tenor with your hands. Right. So, right. So, and that's it. Disrupts
0: know, the the current.
1: Mm-hmm. The that know. it's creating. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and uh, you know you you disrupt that with your hands. So basically, bringing it up and down, it changes your you know it's your pitch. It's way more than up and down. Oh, it, it I've it is. I've seen videos it's, where. A guy has his hand within the
0: field, mm-hmm. and he'll just move his pinky, and you'll get a whole a different whole note. completely different, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, what the heck? You have to learn, like, uber fast, you know, uh, sign language to, to play this thing. It's all these, like, minute little movements in this, like, quick su- succession. Yeah. It's insane. I mean it looks amazing because you're like you have your hand next to a stereo mm-hmm. and you're just playing music yeah. with and, your fingers. And, and
1: that's the thing. It's almost like like I like to think of it like like a fretless bass. You know what I mean? You actually have to know where the notes are. Right. Right. Exactly. So, like a fretless bass, when you go and you press it down and things like that, mm-hmm. you don't know where they are. You have to you have to know that instrument. Right. And you have to be trained on it. Mm-hmm. it you know to, to be able to do it properly. Mm-hmm. So you know, and that's it. Just that's what makes it so bizarre. One of the things, uh, you know, during like the '50s and '60s that it was used for was uh, during films when you yeah. had you know all the you know. The science fiction kind mm-hmm. of like, uh, you know, space aliens and things like that. It creates such a bizarre buzzing sound. Mm-hmm. Such a, like, I don't even know. Like it's very a, unique. It is so unique yeah. and it's very odd and it's almost off-putting. Yeah. I mean, it can be very beautiful, but it's still a, I, I don't know, it's 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 almost, uh, you know, like haunting. Yeah. You know, I think is a good word for mm-hmm. it. Uh, you know, it's from, from the aether. Aether? <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. I used
0: to have a, um, it was a Roland 505 group box. Mm-hmm. And it had what I thought uh, was like a, a miniature, very miniature theremin. Mm-hmm. Basically had two crossing lasers. Oh. Um, yeah. And what you would do is somewhere within a foot and a half, two, two feet of those crossing lasers, same thing. You'd put your hand in front of it over top of the lasers, and depending on your angle, your, you know, close hand, open hand, you know, Mm -hmm. close, you know, this back, forward side, whatever, you could basically designate a tone, a a pitch or whatever, uh, you know, like a guitar, designate guitar, and then you could sit there with your hand and just do this and play notes. Mm -hmm. So it was these lasers, basically doing the same job as a theremin. Yeah. You know? So
1: it's a different musical instrument, really, but it's the same uh, basis. Yes. Okay, exactly. but they're using a different type of uh, sensory device, using lasers instead of the electrical field. Right. So, right. Uh, it, well, it was also, it was mov- used in movies like The Day the Earth Stood Still is mm-hmm. like background music, it came from outer space, yeah, Spellbound, The Lost Weekend, all, all those like kind of 50s and 60s thrillers. Yeah, yeah,
0: when they, they used um, a lot of things like the musical Saw. Mm-hmm. You know, where you get that... Yeah, such an eerie... Yeah, exactly. Another eerie sound.
1: Yeah. Right. Um, One of Professor Theremin's original students was a Russian-born musical prodigy, Clara Rockmore. By age five, Clara was an accomplished violinist, but she had a problem with her hands. She she started shaking. She couldn't actually use, you know, the the bow for Mm -hmm. the violin anymore. She was forced to give it up, and she actually became a, a very unique thereminist... By, yeah, by using this aerial finger, fingering technique. Joe, don't laugh. Um, uh, she could play the theremin with unparalleled precision. And uh, she actually had an album out called uh, The Art of the Theremin. Nice. And she was accomp- accompanied on piano by her sister, uh, Nadia. Hmm. In 1920, RCA produced approximately 500 theremins. They were manufactured by General Electric and Westinghouse. Mm-hmm. And those theremins are just, like, about half of them still exist. Right. But they're really trying to find the rest of them, mm-hmm. you know, just to bring them all back to the fold because they're, I mean, you know, in 1920s instrument, probably sitting in someone's attic, yeah. you know, I would think that it would be worth a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, an electronic music pioneer, Robert Moog, He's yeah, the guy. I was going to say. I was going to bring up Moog. Right. Cause... He's the guy who created and built synthesizers. Yeah. Uh, well, his original. He originally built theremins way before he started doing synthesizers, mm-hmm. and used that knowledge to create synthesizers. Yeah. Also, a movie that I actually saw that was a documentary called Theremin, An Electronic Odyssey. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw this on Netflix. I don't think it's streaming on there anymore, but I know I watched it streaming at one point. Right. Uh, it was produced in 1993 by Stephen M. Martin. Uh, and it's really good. It has, like, Theremin in his kind of later days, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, before he passed away. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, he's really old. You know what I mean? But, you know, it has, you know, Moog in it and a whole bunch of other, like, electronic music pioneers mm-hmm. as well. You know, different interviews, Brian Wilson, yeah, yeah. you know, things like that. Uh, another thing is is that the um, a lot of people think that like, the first time it was really used in, his, in, in an album, uh, well, not in an album, but, like, uh, kind of what brought it back to popularity, uh, the Beach Boys song, Good Vibrations. Um, now, the theremin wasn't actually used in Good Vibrations, and, hmm. and you, you'll hear it in the background when you're yeah, looking all good, Bob. You hear that kind of you know thing in the background of good vibrations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not actually a theremin, but it is an instrument. I've always heard that, right? That that's yeah. a theremin. Yeah. It's not actually a theremin, but it's a a musical instrument that's very similar to a theremin. Mm-hmm. But it's not actually. I don't think it's made by theremin, and they you know they basically made something very much like it. Okay, and the used it on that Yeah, and yeah, they yeah, used yeah. it in that album. Yeah, but what I like about it is, is it, I mean, it basically looks like an old timey radio. Yeah. Right. But it's it's not. I mean, it's just it, it's this. It has an antenna. It has two antennas. It looks like yeah. some kind of thing you would be sending, you know, spy stuff out on. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But considering the fact that he worked for the ag, the KGB. Yeah. You know, he was forced to work for them to do those kind. You know, to do some kind of like, you know, electronic intelligence. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it doesn't. That's why they took him. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. The, um, the modern, more modern versions, they look like closed laptops. Yeah. With an antenna. You just stand up an antenna and mm-hmm. it has a little U um, bend. little U loop thing. Yeah. yeah. So you see it on like a stand, a music
1: stand, mm-hmm. and someone's playing it. It looks so bizarre. It does. You know what looks even more bizarre? And Joe, you actually told me about this and I oh, had to the, look it up. The modifications that yes. people do with there. So this one uh, that I found is called the Badgerman. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is a badger and a theremin to put, put together. So right. this is a callback to our taxidermy episode. <laughs> yeah. they so actually this isn't, this isn't a badger playing the theremin. No, this is a taxidermy badger mm-hmm. that someone b- built a theremin <laughs> inside of. Yeah. And <laughs> right. I'm looking at it, and like you said, it's kind of like just on a musical stand, yeah. and it's all hooked up, and it has an antenna sticking out of his neck, <laughs> and then another antenna... The, the little loop <laughs> antenna sticking out of its butt, yeah, under you know like right underneath of its tail, right where it should be, yeah, and uh, and yes, it is a badger theremin, mm-hmm. and uh, this was actually uh, created by a guy named David uh, Cranmer, mm. and we'll bring him up a little bit later on uh, on another one of your instruments. Mm. So, uh, but before we get too far into it, did you want to hear a little bit of uh, a little bit of theremin? Yes, please. Now this is actually Leon Theremin himself playing his own musical instrument.
0: A little bit of the um, is it piano accompaniment behind yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's because
1: it's, yeah, because it doesn't have any kind of you know percussion. There's no beat to it. So well, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a, a rhythmic
0: instrument. It yeah. is that is utterly just a solo instrument. Mm-hmm. You know, very haunting though. Extremely haunting. Yeah, but in a good way.
1: I, I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I like the theremin. Yeah, me lot. too.
0: Yeah, hurdy gurdy. Hurdy Gurdy. Hurdy Gurdy. Watch it now, watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, no, that's not how the song goes. I don't think so. But that's what we're gonna talk about the Hurdy Gurdy.
1: Okay, so uh, on all of these, you Mm -hmm. know, as most of you know, uh, Joe does all the audio editing, yeah, and I do all like the web work, right? right. Not that I'm good at it. I'm at I the other I, stuff. I mean, it took me a long time to figure <laughs> it all out, but I figured it all out, and you know, I do basically all of the, you know, the, that kind of stuff. So I also have to find, like, when I tell you to do things, yeah, when you're like, <laughs> right. you're like, find me, you know, the audio of all these things. So mm. I, 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 came across, I, you know, I had to look up the hurdy gurdy, even yeah. though it was, it was. Designated for you to be the one that discusses it. Right. I had to look it up, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, it looks like a wind-up box. It like is a, like a wind-up toy. It is. It's like a, the little monkey that would a grinder monkey. Yeah, a grinder
0: monkey. Yeah. But you're the monkey. <laughs> you know what I
1: mean? Yeah. So uh, I I just don't I don't get it. So tell me about it. Lay it on me, Joe. Lay me lay me <laughs> lay, lay the hurdy-gurdy on me. <laughs>
0: So it is a stringed instrument that produces sound by turning a crank. Uh, it has a rosined wheel. <laughs>
1: we go from organs to cranks.
0: Okay. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about instruments here.
1: <laughs>
0: the the uh, euphemisms run rampant when Obviously. it comes to instruments. Anyway, it has a rosined wheel, which is the um, the wax that you would put on a. Violin bow. A cello. Yeah, the rosin. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it has a rosin wheel that rubs against the strings. So again, it's a, uh, it has to make some kind of contact. And the, the rosin, I believe, actually creates
1: more of a vibration? Yes. Is that, is it, that right? Well, it
0: helps with, uh, rather than friction, it, it sort of rubs just in a, a certain way to give you that resonance. Mm-hmm. And a single note played on it sounds very much like a violin but it's generally used for playing full melodies, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you turn the crank, it has um, like small little wedges that glide up and down, and typically made of wood. It's a very strange looking instrument. It looks like half keyboardy, half pipe organ. Like,
1: it's such a weird, compact, strange instrument. So, uh, okay, so like I said, you kind of, you turn this wheel, mm-hmm. right, and that's what makes me think that it looks like a, like an old music box, right? Right, So right. an old music box, you turn the wheel, and it has those little, um, little prongs,
2: mm-hmm.
1: on it, like a metal thing, and as it turns, it hits each one of the prongs, and it, and it dings it. So it yeah. creates, you know, and it... It resonates. So it plays it. happy birthday to you, or whatever it is. Right. So is it kind of like that? You said it has... Yeah, but what happens is instead of it like the
0: little thing, the little nodule like hitting a pick or something, uh-huh. you know, on on a, a player wheel or you know a music wheel. Yeah, it doesn't. It, there's no actual striking. It just has this like rubbing effect. It's it's like a
1: violin bow. Okay, so it it just rubs on the, right. as on you, the string as, as you, you crank. Turn
0: it. Yeah, yeah, that's what gives that that like constant you know. Bow string,
1: like pulling a bow back and forth. So, is it constantly playing all of the strings at the same time? No,
0: no. That's that's where your your key work comes in, where you actually, when you hit the key, you'll raise or lower the string, which goes in contact to the wheel, mm-hmm. the rosined wheel.
1: So, there's a key for each, uh, for e- for your, your for each note, right? While okay, you're... so that was the thing that I didn't quite get that so that and I believe I also read just and this is like the only bit of information that I have on this thing mm-hmm. besides the crazy wheel, is that this is almost uh, they think this is one of the first keyed instruments, yeah, that yeah. that ever existed,
0: yeah, I mean, it basically comes from the the fiddles in Europe in the ninth century, and from there, much like the ukulele, and the machete, uh, it, it evolved. Mm-hmm. Diff- diff- it spread out to, you know, Persia and the Byzantine em- Empire and all these different little cultures picked up that one very simple instrument, the fiddle, and kind of ran with it. There was a an instrument called the organ which was a lot smaller. And it let a single player play both the crank and a set of keys to do basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it got bigger and bigger and bigger as, uh, that was in Spain and France, and, and it sort of, again, evolved to, I guess to play particular notes, You know, to mm-hmm. play particular things, to be
1: used for particular things. It became specialized. To me, it's almost kind of uh, reminiscent of like a concertina. You know what I mean with, it, with your with your keys and things, yeah. but those are that's using wind, and this is using your you know your vibration. Yeah, it's very much like an accordion, like mm-hmm. a Weird Al's accordion. You yeah, know? so it, it evolved even more
0: uh, during the Renaissance. The hurdy gurdy was a very popular instrument, along with the bagpipe.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. So I guess oh, that's that, that's one that's not on the list today. Right,
0: but it it has that same sort of you're 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 blowing wind into this pipe into this bag, mm-hmm. this bladder. Squeezing at the same time, and then also playing a flute. Yeah, yeah. You know, very. you're doing multiple things at the same time. So, yeah, nowadays you've got German style, French style, English, Scottish, all different forms of one instrument. And they're all slightly different. Mm-hmm. Because this, this has been around for a very, very long time. Well, the idea of it has been around for a very long time. And it evolved from an even older uh, instrument. But yeah, you, you can find
1: versions of it in most of Europe. You know? Yeah. I, I, until you had brought it up, I had never heard of it before or, or, or seen it played or heard of it. So I'm, I'm expecting it to be, you know, the next hipster thing. Yeah. You well, know it, what it I mean? It was
0: in one season of house. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, one of the many prostitutes that he, uh, attends or attends him, uh, he, like, that's this great scene. It's, it's, a, it's a decent show. Like, I know it's off the air and everything. But, yeah. Um, I remember the scene where he's basically like, <laughs> it's like this weird, sexy scene where this girl is, like, half naked. And he's like, okay, play it again. <laughs> and she's, like, cranking the hurdy-gurdy. And she's, and then she, uh, later in the episode, she quits being a prostitute. And he's like, where the heck am I going to find a prostitute who plays a hurdy-gurdy like her? <laughs> 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 what?
1: So, Joe, uh, much like uh, the uh, Badgerman, like we were talking about, David mm-hmm. uh, Cranmer, he apparently has also created the Furby Gurdy. Oh, the Furby Gurdy. Yes. So it is a, uh, it is a, a hurdy-gurdy that uh, it uses Furbies. Like the old 90s Furby like, toys that yeah, would yeah, talk to each talking, other, the yeah. crazy like, like fad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he skinned a bunch of Furbies <laughs> and it has the crank wheel and everything and it plays the, the, the Furbies somehow uh, through it. Yeah, through like an electronic process, but you still have to crank the wheel for it to work. So yeah, so that's kind of neat nice yeah the, the Furby Gurdy. it's, hey, it's very gotta, bizarre someone's gotta use the pile of Furbies the in the old, garbage dump yeah <laughs> I know right so it, but it, it looks like a kind of like a toolbox with a crank on the side of it and all the Furbies just start talking to you
0: alright let's take a listen to the Hurdy gurdy it wasn't a Tom Baker Doctor Who episode.
1: I really liked it a lot. At, yeah. at first I thought it was the, the Imperial Mark that he was about to start off with. It had <laughs> no. some of the same notes for a minute.
0: Yeah. Very, very unique. But I can see how that could accompany a bagpipe.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you ever yeah. been
0: near a bagpiper? Mm, I try not to. But there's that constant hum. Yeah, you know, from that, the... Uh, mm-hmm. You know. Constant. So yeah, I could see how that would help drown out some of that some of the bag pipe <laughs> bag pipiness. <laughs> Those things are loud, man. Yeah, they
1: are. They are extremely loud.
0: What's going on, everybody? This is Joe from the Band Pasadena,
2: and you're listening to the Curioso Podcast.
1: All right, Joe. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the Jews harp. Uh a bit racist. No, it's actually not. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, the thing is, is that um, and and most of the stuff that I, f- I found out about it mm-hmm. is really kind of talking about whether it's racist or not. See, okay? I always I always called it the mouth harp. It, so it's the mouth harp, mm-hmm. uh, the jaw harp, jaw harp. Yeah. I've heard okay. That. The Jews harp, uh, mm-hmm. but. Um, We'll get into it a little bit. So uh, the Jews' harp is known by a lot of different names, and it depends really on the country of origin. In mm. England, it's called the Gugaw. G- the Gugaw? Yeah, the G-E-W-G-A-W. That sounds very Susian. Yeah, uh, and uh, in Germany, it's the Malthun-t- Malthunremel. The Mouth Harp. Yeah, or the Mouth Drum. Um, uh, in Japan, it's the Kuchen. Uh, in Russia, it's the Vargen. In Siberia, it's the Comus. I mean, uh, you know, Italy, it's the Sacro prensi. Um oh, so, so it's pretty widespread. It's, yeah, so it, it, it is. Literally, like, it's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Because it's such a basic premise. So um, basically, you have, like, a – like, I would say a U-shaped – Either piece of metal or wood. Yeah, it's typically C-shaped. Yeah, well, I was going to say it's it's C-shaped, but it also has two little juts. So how a G would go inside, Mm -hmm. the juts actually come out. So it's a U-shaped with a bulb at the end, like a cul-de-sac, right? Mm -hmm. Right.
0: If you took a a spoon and just laid it on a piece of paper and outlined your spoon.
1: That would be the same, yeah, the same same basic shape. Yes. But out coming out of the middle of the C mm-hmm. portion, you have another piece, uh, a type of reed, What's okay? A, a spring. Well, in the metal ones, it's a spring. A spring, a well, reed. a, a uh, flat spring. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, whatever you want to call it. But, I mean, mm-hmm. basically, it's like a reed is yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. But you're, you're right. It's got like a, like a leaf spring, mm-hmm. right? Like almost on a car. So, it, it comes out. You put uh, the, the straight pieces mm-hmm. uh, that come off of the C portion, or the, the bulbous portion, right? Uh, between your lips, and then you pluck the little spring mm-hmm. pieces, and as you do, you kind of almost hum, right? And it creates a type of noise. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you can, you know, really, you're not creating very much. I was going to say you can create notes, but those yeah. are all
0: coming from your mouth, right? Okay. So depending on on
1: the way you shape your mouth mm-hmm. or the tone that you give off. Yeah. Is what is coming out. Right. So basically it's, it's almost kind of like the old thing where you would talk into a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's very much what it's like. So mm-hmm. you talk it to a fan and you're like, Oh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. you father. That's I kind of what's, a robot. Yeah. That's kind of what's happening with the, with the, 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 the jaw harp. Right. Now, uh, I read this whole article about whether the Jews' harp is is considered, you know, to, to be racist or not. Mo- most people uh, most uh, people that are—don't consider it anti-Semite. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason why is because it's not really associated with uh, Judaism in any fashion, way, shape, or form. Okay. Um, it, w- it was not—it wasn't, you know, wasn't from around there. Basically, um, for over 400 years, uh, you know— it has been connected with England mostly, um, but I mean, like I said, it's all over the world. You know, you can you can find it. Mm-hmm. But basically, it, it doesn't come from any kind of Judaism. They think that it mostly comes from the word "gugal" or uh, "jujaw," okay, right? and that's the name, and, and that's where it became the Jews' harp, yeah, Okay. or okay. possibly it could have came from jaw harp, okay, being that it goes into your mouth in your jaw, mm-hmm. uh, that it, it kind of just. The so name there, transgressed. So there really is no correlation to the... To the, the Jewish faith. Okay. All right. So sometimes it's also called uh, the Jews
0: Trump. I know we had a band for quite a while, several different bands. Mm-hmm. And I think you were always trying to get your... Because you have one. I have a jaw harp. And yeah, And yeah. I've had and it you since always, I was a little kid. Yeah, you were always trying to get that into a song.
1: Yeah, because I was awesome at it. <laughs> I was great at it. I just always wanted to add it to something. The little, you know, a little intro or something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, well, you were like,
0: you know, that like, uh, you know, was the only it's instrument
1: the, you could really play. Literally the only one that I could play. You <laughs> right. give me that or a tambourine, and I am good to go. I don't even. I wouldn't even so. give you a tambourine. Oh, you're awful. <laughs> I have some rhythm. I have some rhythm. I've played drums before. I'm not great at it, but I can play a, a little Everybody basic, can actually play drums. Yeah. I can no play like can a really basic like blast beat or really, something. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, but basically, yeah, like we were saying, you kind of pluck your, you know, that, that little spring in mm-hmm. the middle, uh, you know, and sometimes these things are created, most of the ones that you see now are created out of metal. Yeah. But they've also been created out of wood. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you have a little thin reed in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you know, a lot of the time they're in, you know, folk kind of music here in America. Yeah. Uh a they're of in the lot of of actually. and, and yeah. Appalachian and, and tons of stuff. But that's that's because that all came over from Scotland, yeah. Ireland, places like mm-hmm. that where, you know, England a lot of where them this settled yeah. Th- you know in Appalachia. Yeah.
0: That's where we get the term hillbilly. Yeah. From the Scottish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So, I mean, I found all different kinds of things. During like the 1500s, the jaw harp was like a common and peddler's good. Um, you know, around the sixteen, you know, sixteen hundred. So basically, like any kind of traveling, like uh, you know, merchant or mm-hmm. something, he would have that sort of thing. Okay. you know, just lying around. But it, it's, it's the same sort of thing, like uh, you know, today. You know, we go to the Renaissance fair, mm-hmm. and they have the whole like musical booth. Yeah. They have different kinds of drums, penny whistles, things like that. Yeah, Stuff yeah. that's cheap for the children. Right. You know what I mean? Kazoos, something yeah. Exactly. Something that's cheap that the children can buy and play with and all, get started on right away. Like yeah, the jaw yeah. harp, you know what I mean? The penny whistle, those, you know, like you said, kazoo, those kind of things mm-hmm. are, are, you know, and then they have the more expensive instruments. Of course. You know what I mean? So, you know, it was a common peddler's good, you know, uh, during that time period. But it's, I mean, really, they, they cannot actually date them because they've been around for so long mm-hmm. that they don't actually have like a specific date as to when they think it they existed. Were first invented. Yeah, like um, 900 of, the, of them were found in Japan uh, in 1990 and they were dated to be over a thousand years old. Wow. Yeah, and they were uh, iron, completely made out of iron. So, iron? Yeah, iron. That's what I said. I iron. Iron. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make fun of me, Joe. I'm from Baltimore. So easy. Uh, in uh, 1399, uh, they found, um, th- they found some that were dated to 1399. Some old frames uh, of jaw harps that were found in Germany. Mm-hmm. They've also found, you know, from Maine to Florida through the 17th and 18th century. They've uh, uncovered them and. In- Tons of archaeological digs. So, we, I mean, we know they're a big part of our history. Mm -hmm. And uh, more than 120 were recovered from one site in Michigan alone. And also, one of the things that they found is uh, a lot of them were broken. And being broken, that means that they were definitely used. Okay. So I'm just saying, like, they, you know, they were used so much, they would break them, have Mm -hmm. to get a new one. Yeah. And they weren't just used for, like, bartering. You know what I mean? They were Mm -hmm. actually used, you know what I mean, to, to... to, to, play to play music. To yeah. play, yeah. So, uh, now, so, one of the things that I always thought that was so strange, uh, Joe, do you like the band Lungfish? I'm not sure if we've ever discussed this before. Uh,
0: a little, yeah.
1: So, there's two bands that came out of Baltimore that are kind of like, kind of near and dear to my heart, and that's, mm-hmm. that's Reptile House and Lungfish, and they're both... Yeah. Uh, uh, they were both fronted by Daniel Higgs. Right. Daniel Higgs is a very strange character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time, our friend Don, he took me to go see Lungfish. I'd never seen them before. And watching them was like being in a different plane <laughs> of existence. It was right. being in a different world. <laughs> it was so weird. I felt like I was on drugs and I wasn't uh-huh. watching these guys. Yeah, I've like seen They have such a rhythmic... Like tone to them are oh, yeah, so yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things, uh, you know, Lungfish was one of the only bands, they, they Lungfish definitely used drugs. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they were on Discord Records, w- mm. w- which was uh, headed by Ian McKay, right. who is uh, from Minor Threat and created Discord Records as a totally straight edge <laughs> group, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Out of DC. Right. Well, um, well you know, Lungfish. Is out of Baltimore. So they're their only Baltimore band, okay? Mm. The only band that didn't come out of DC that they put on it. Right. Okay. Bands like Fugazi and stuff like that were on, Which was you know, him, Minor his Threat. Band. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so those kind of, those were the kind of bands that were on, you know, Discord from DC, mm. um, you know, the DC punk rock hardcore scene. Yeah. Uh, But Lungfish was the only band that used drugs, and the only band from Baltimore that they picked up. Well, (laughs) there's a reason why. (laughs) There is a reason why. But uh, but Daniel Higgs is so weird, and he also I believe he tattoos around Baltimore still to this day. He tattoos Mm. at a few places, Uh, or at least he does spots here and there. So, um, but one of one of the the reason I'm bringing him up is one of the albums that he produced Mm. uh, is uh, is called Magical Alphabet, and Magical Alphabet is completely. 100% One hundred percent jaw uh, jaw harp improvis- improvisations.
0: Wow! And this was
1: created in two thousand three. It's seventeen instrumental uh, Jews harp or jaw harp instrumentals.
0: Seventeen. Seventeen. I could probably maybe get one. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, and then I am like,
1: okay, I am bored. <laughs> but um, so really, like, I don't even know. It's 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 such like a weird sounding instrument. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And you would think like you're like, oh, how much can you really do with that? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if you listen to it, it is... I mean, it's really trance-like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, So I could understand falling asleep, listening to this sort of thing, mm. maybe being on some kind of hallucinogenic and listening <laughs> to this kind of music uh, would right. be, you know what I mean, You know, maybe meditating, you know what I mean? Possibly. Any kind of altered state would be good, whether <laughs> right. that be sleeping or, uh, or hallucinogenics or meditating. Sure. Sounds like it would all be good. So I'm going to play a little bit of this for you. And this is actually... Daniel Higgs playing the jaw harp live. So, and I've, I've seen him do this before. Mm-hmm. I saw him play at, a, uh, the, at the Talking Head. We went to go see him. Um, he played a little bit of banjo. And he did a jaw harp instrumental. Right, and and then that little baby kick drum. Yeah. Yeah, and then he walked off stage. And then he gets all pissed off at the dude who was doing sound because he thought he sucked. And he was like, I'm freaking out of here. After like two songs. After two songs. (laughs) It was awesome. And everybody was like, you were so good. And he was like, well, whatever. It was so funny. (laughs) So here we go. Here's Daniel Higgs playing the jaw harp. All right, I was trying to skip along to a good part, but... Um... It just
0: sounds the same after, like, two <laughs> seconds. It's just like, you can kind of pick yeah. out... <laughs> it's, it, it is it so It really weird. starts to sound the same.
1: Yeah. So, but you could hear... Like, where you could be playing that and someone else could be playing, you know, the the, the, the jug, well, right? And then someone it, else playing some banjo and how that, that would come out to be good.
0: Yeah, using that as a rhythmic mm-hmm. instrument. Yeah, perfect. You know, because you can just keep, bang, 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 keep time. You're, yeah. you're, you're a, a mouth metronome, basically. But yeah.
1: Wasn't your thing, huh? <laughs> Not really. Okay. All right, Joe. Well, then show me what you got. What are you, you gonna you bust now? out another organ?
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, nope. This goes along with your your uh, your mouth thing. My
1: by, by mouth organ? Yeah,
0: your mouth organ. Okay, I'm talk tell about, me about a it. harmonica. Oh, a glass. What harmonica?
1: Ah oh, man, those mm. are so small. I think you would break it and <laughs> drop, drop yourself. It, you know what I mean? You know, it's something. like one of those dozers from Fraggle Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <Like> the, <laughs> the they would eat the eat the, yeah the little the, glass things yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were made out of like radish. I don't know sugar or something
0: crystal. Hippies.
1: <laughs> the dozers? Yeah, they, were they were construction t- workers. They were total hippies. They were the construction workers. They were not hippies. They were high all the time. No, you're thinking you ever seen the close-up? No, you're thinking about the do the dozers were the little, little dudes who made the, the structures. little dudes. Yeah.
0: Yes. And they're always like, uh it's a, it's a living man.
1: No, like, you're thinking about uh, the fraggles. The, the fraggles were hippies. The one was Reg. He was a hippie. <laughs> we are tangenting. Yes, we
0: are. Anyway, I want to talk about the hydro Crystallophone. I think I know what this is. Yeah? Yeah. It is a type of musical instrument that uses glass bowls or goblets graduated in size to produce musical tones by means of friction.
1: Friction.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically it's, it's like um, a cylinder, a graduated cylinder. So you have a small end and then the, the wider end. Mm-hmm. And you basically play it like a keyboard. You know, mm-hmm. with, with your fingers. But your fingers are only supposed to touch the, almost the rims of the, the goblets or the bowls that are graduated along the cylinder.
1: See now, all right. So I hate to break in, but I need to tell you, um, basically, I remember seeing this on Mr. Wizard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, if you have a crystal glass, the, the way that you can tell the difference between Crystal mm-hmm. and, and regular glass is that you take, uh, put a little bit of water in it, you dip your finger, and you run it around the rim of the glass. Right. And if it sings, if it, you know, it'll actually create a vibration and sing. And if it sings, then you absolutely know that it's crystal. If it doesn't sing, then it's regular glass. Right. And that's how you can tell. Now, I had bought a, it was an orange glass that I had bought one time. Mm-hmm. At a thrift store, and it was all by its lonesome sitting there, and I thought it was beautiful, and I've always liked the color orange, so I picked it up just to drink, like, wine out of, Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, So I picked it up, and one day, I just had this thing. I dipped my finger in some wine, and I ran it around the edge, and it it sang to me, and I'm like, holy crap, this thing's crystal. Yeah, yeah. And I I did that at, like, parties and stuff when people were over, and I was like, ladies and gentlemen, can I speak? (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, oh. (laughs) <laughs> and I would get everyone's attention because it's such right. a, a, a weird. It's almost like harmonics, right? Yes, it's, exactly. It's, it's so it's haunting, kind of like when we were talking about the theremin. That's mm-hmm. a theme through like a lot of our stuff. Everything yeah. that we have is very haunting.
0: Yeah, very <laughs> creepy. You know, it, it hits those certain notes where you're like, huh? It, you know, it's like melancholy esque.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, um, so basically that's what it is. It's, it's, it's the, the bowl of each one of these cups right. sits inside of each other. Right. And it sits inside of a little, uh, like a, like, like a, a spindle or
0: a spindle. Yes. Yeah.
1: That is, is turned like a lathe. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I mean, even in the Renaissance times, uh, Galileo considered the phenomenon of running your finger on a, on a crystal wine glass mm-hmm. as part of his two new sciences, Mm-hmm. You know, because he was you know, starting to discover, uh, you know, planets and solar systems and all this stuff, and, and that we will revolve around the sun, not vice versa, mm-hmm. and just basic simple harmonics of running your finger on a glass. He thought that was, you know, amazing. Well, it's that, a cool party trick, at least. But he he used that as that is a. A tangible science, mm-hmm. you know, that you can do this, and this happens, and then there's a reaction. Yeah. So it was invented by Mr. Benjamin Franklin.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The man himself. Yeah. In
0: 1761.
1: It's all about the Benjamins.
0: <laughs> That's right. And Richard Pockrich is typically credited as the first person to play the composed
1: instrument, the fully Realized it once started. it was once he put it together. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So is it when it's there? Obviously, like it, it's got to run in, run through. It, it's on like a spindle, right? Like a run through a t- like a tub
0: of water. Uh, some do. Um, some people actually, I've, I've seen where they'll they'll wet their fingers when they play. Mm-hmm. You know, they will wet their hands. Yeah. To, to, I guess, it's to help with sort of uh, the viscosity. You know, of of the friction. Like, in a a car engine, you use oil, Mm -hmm. you know, so that metal doesn't grind on metal. Yeah. Basically, they they use the water to help uh, reduce the the drag coefficiency of the friction on the the glass in their finger. Yeah. But you get, I think you get a better
1: resonance. Well, you, I mean, if your finger is dry, you're not going to get (laughs) a sound. Yeah, you don't, no, you won't. You won't actually get a sound. It'll just kind of move along it. You actually need to... Reduce the friction to actually get a mm-hmm. sound. Exactly. And it's the same thing. Like we were talking about the crystal glass. You know, if you just run your finger across, it, it's not going to happen. You know, you need the the right amount of, of friction to do it, which is less than what your fingertip typically gives you.
0: So when Ben Franklin actually invented the his his machine, he called it the harmonica,
1: which is kind of weird because I when I looked that up, mm-hmm. I was thinking the glass. Harmonica, but it's not. It's right. the glass harmonica, right? Right, uh, which he took the H away, right? Which, in um,
0: based on the Italian word armonia, which means harmony, mm-hmm. and it's generally known in English as musical glasses or
1: the glass harp. I believe they have one of these that are that's uh, that's shown somewhere in Philadelphia too.
0: So Mozart, Handel. Beethoven, Strauss, and tons and tons of other composers have written music using
1: the uh, hydrocrystallophone, the the glass harp. Mm -hmm. Can we just? Do we have to call it the hydrocrystallophone? I I like that. I like that. Well, what I think is weird. So we we've had uh, so far we've had the the pyrophone, Mm -hmm. right? We had the. What's the other one? The stalactite, stalagmite, uh-huh. stalag pipe. The, the stalag pipe. Okay. <laughs> now we have the uh, the glass uh, harmonica phone. What, what is it? <laughs> glass harmonica. <laughs> right. right. Which uses water. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now we just need like a wind instrument. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think I have any. I don't know. You don't have it. We'll, we'll have, and then we'll have Earth, Wind, Water, and Fire.
0: Wasn't that a band? No, no, no that's, that's, just that's Earth, you, Wind, you, and Fire. You formed that to save the planet. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, then we then we'd
1: have to have like an instrument made out of a heart. I think. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hear this thing. So I think it sounds uh, like a... Wow. It's reminiscent of bells. I, I, not a kaleidoscope. What's what's the... Uh, a calliope. <laughs> oh, my God. It, we're surrounded. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a uh, like a carnival calliope. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. It's you know like I mean? that. And um, you ever uh, seen a chorus line of like like Christmas bells? Yeah. yeah yes. It's very similar like... To, yeah, to bells. Yeah, multi-layered, uh, you know, sound... You know, mm-hmm. like a wall of sound. Yeah. As what's-his-face, the
1: gun-toting weirdo would say. <laughs> Again, haunting. Yeah. Very haunting. Joe, are you a didgeridoo or a not
0: <laughs>
1: Do. So, <clears throat> man, I really have a frog in my throat tonight. What's funny is this next instrument actually sounds like someone has a frog in their throat. Uh, and that is the didgeridoo. Uh, the didgeridoo. It's a wind instrument. It's thought to have originated in Arnhem Land. It's the northern territory of Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think it's it's probably the world's oldest instrument at forty thousand years old. Wow. Yeah, the didgeridoo. Little evidence shows it being used uh, far south of Alice Springs region of Australia, but it was uh, never really the southern, never really in the southern three quarters of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, uh i I mean it's it, it was traded uh, in instruments fr- uh, from Asia India all kinds of other countries mm-hmm. uh, it was used a lot by the coastal tribes of uh in the far north of Australia right uh didgeridoos are typically made from eucalyptus tree trunks and limbs that are hollowed out hmm. uh, while still living uh, a lot of the time they're done it's done by termites or it was originally done by termites they would eat out the inside of it, right. and it created this, you know, hole right Natural through the middle. hollow, yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes they're made uh, in uh, the far, far north out of bamboo. I think when I was uh, very young, the first
0: time I've ever seen one mm-hmm. and heard one was in Crocodile
1: Dundee. Yeah, 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 that was that was very big. I remember that. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. coming from a land
1: down under. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and today they're made from like a large variety of materials, glass, leather, hemp, ceramic, plastic. Mm. I've seen, um, I believe that there was a guy who had a PVC didgeridoo Hmm. uh, down at Ocean City when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And he would play the didgeridoo sitting on the, you know, on the boardwalk, you know, as a busker. Yeah, yeah, To make a little extra money. And he he would play that. Um, It's Uh, used like an accompaniment with chants, sings, dances in a lot of different ceremonies. Again,
0: it's a very rhythmic instrument. Yeah, it is. You can get tones out of it, but to get a constant or a a tone that you can go with an actual tune, Mm -hmm. a song, might be a little more difficult. It's not like a harmonica where it has slots for... You know, A, B, C, you know, your actual notes. This Mm -hmm. is a fully rhythmic instrument.
1: Yeah, there's really not like yeah, like you said there's not notes. It's really mm-hmm. yeah, it's all about pretty much all about rhythm.
0: Yeah, and and well, there's you can get breath notes and stuff like that, but but
1: it's not very much. I know. It's but yeah, <laughs> by, by yeah. the
0: time it gets out of the end of the
1: of It's your... all a very low tone. Exactly. So, uh like I was saying, like in ceremonies mostly it was, you know, it was used mostly in ceremonies, mm-hmm. but outside it was only really played by men during ceremonies. Right. And this you is know, a... when they were doing like re- religious you know, rituals like the aborigines. Yeah,
0: it's a traditional aboriginal, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: But outside of ceremony, men, women, children played it, you know, everyone played it. Right. It was just a, but But during the ceremonies, it was only played by men. Hmm. So, uh, so uh, you know, basically, just like, you know, the guitar spread across Europe, you know, the lute, those kind of things, mm-hmm. this was played it almost exclusively by Australians until eventually it was kind of traded. You know when when you so know ships started coming back right and forth. exactly. Now uh, kind of like how drums a lot of the time mm-hmm. you know are, are shaped like in the form of the female body. Mm-hmm. So a lot of didgeridoos were also made like that.
2: Oh nice. You know when
1: they were carved on the outside, That's sort of like a fertility. Yeah. Representation. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, the world, world, the word didgeridoo can be spelled tons of different ways uh, because it it was never really. Actually, formalized. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and also, it wasn't really called the didgeridoo back then. I don't know if they they had a specific name for it. A the, colloquialism. Ab- yeah, the Aboriginal uh, tribes, because it was used by several different tribes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the the word didgeridoo was actually given to it by the Western world. Hmm. To you know, and it's mostly the word is because of the sound that it makes. Oh, okay. You yeah. br- 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 yeah. know what I mean. They just called it a didgeridoo sound.
0: So it wasn't like, hey, what's that didgeridoo?
1: Yeah, well, it's because it made a didgeridoo sound, you know, and they didn't know what else to call it. So Mm -hmm. uh, did you want to hear a little bit of that? Yes, please.
0: my Favorite, yeah, player. the hitting the side of the didgeridoo. Yeah, I'm waiting for like you know, like it <laughs> yeah, totally it's lends a itself to like
1: dance beat. Uh, and so one of the things that they that's so strange about the didgeridoo in order to play it, mm. you have to have that rhythmic breathing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So it's very much like I, I think of it as like bagpipes, right? Mm-hmm. So, bagpipes, you know, your bagpiper is constantly blowing into the bagpipe and then squeezing it, and that's the air. It's coming, squeezing out of the bag is the mm-hmm. air that's playing out of the, the flute. flute portion. Right, right, right. But he has, it's like a secondary that he's
0: constantly blowing in, mm-hmm. you know. So it's like you're blowing, you're breathing, you're blowing, you're breathing, you're blowing, you
1: know what I mean? Like Yeah, but he, he's blowing up the bag. Right. But it has to stay blown up. It does, but he's blowing into the bag. When you're doing the didgeridoo, you're doing that with your lungs. Yeah. So you're constantly breathing out. So it's like this thing where you kind of fill up your mouth Mm -hmm. with air, and you're kind of blowing that air into it just with, like, your mouth pressure.
0: But at the same time. At the
1: same time, you're breathing into your lungs, Mm -hmm. and then then you breathe that into your mouth, and you're using basically your – your mouth as the bagpipe bag, yes, is is yeah. kind of how it works. Mm. So it really takes a lot of you know perseverance to be able to well, do this. You know, Lung strength and yeah, and know, and just capacity. like like I would think a lot of jaw strength. I mm-hmm. mean, you know what I mean? Like sometimes I you know I go to the Mexican restaurant and I chew too many chips and my jaw hurts. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like you know by the end of the night, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? But you know, so basically, in order to do that, you have to have you know a, a, a lot of a lot of stamina. Yeah. You know, so really, really very cool instrument.
0: Yeah. All right. So the last one I want to talk about, since the didgeridoo was a rather low tone, mm-hmm. low, you know, in that bassy area, I want to talk about the bassiest of the bass <laughs> in the family. Well, it, it,
1: Joe, it is all about the bass. It's
0: all about the bass, mm-hmm. but it is in the family of the contrabass instruments up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B A B A. Select, select start. start. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's in that family. I'm talking about the octo base. Now I'm a huge, huge bass fan. I've got a big old giant bass cleft tattoo. I own one, two. I own three bases.
1: So, I mean, this is the octo bass. It's making is, me think that it's, it has eight. Yeah, somethings. Is it? Yeah. So it's hold on. I was thinking this is kind of like the uh, the badgerman. It's actually made out of an an octopus octopus. and a bass. Is that right? No. No? That would
0: be rad, though.
1: (laughs) You're going to go make that now. Yes, I
0: I want to make one of those. (laughs) So the contrabass family of instruments is very, very low pitch. Mm -hmm. Like, almost inaudible pitch, sometimes. Uh, It includes some clarinets, some flutes, some saxophones. Look up the contra bass saxophone. It is ridiculous. Is it's, it like gigantic? It's the size of like a truck. It's massive, and it has this like. It's so low. Lower than a tuba? Oh yeah. Oh way really? way lower than a tuba. So it is an extremely large bowed instrument. It is like a um, a double bass mm-hmm. on steroids. So you've got your violin, which is the little baby boat instrument. Then you have your cello, which is like the adolescent mm-hmm. of the boat instruments. And you have your double bass, which you hear a lot in, uh, you know, some country bands and stuff. The, the stand-up bass. The stand-up bass, yeah. yeah the uh, boom uh, boom makes boom me always boom. think
1: of rockabilly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Then you have the octo bass, which would kill all of them.
1: <laughs> if you dropped it on them. Well, with its bassiness. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it was first built in 1850 in Paris by the French Luther Jean Baptiste Uh It has three strings, it has a very, like, this thing is huge. So this thing comes in at 11 feet 5 inches. It's mm-hmm. a huge instrument.
1: So this is over your head. Yeah, whereas a... Because I am not 11 feet tall.
0: No, no, which is a a double bass or a stand-up bass mm-hmm. will come in maybe 6 feet, you know, yeah. maybe a little bit more, depending on... on
1: uh, 6 or 7 feet. Yeah,
0: something like that. So this thing dwarfs, you know, it's just...
1: So how do you play it?
0: Uh, on a stool.
1: Oh, you yeah, You have to stand okay. up, and your bass... Like a 3... It would have to be a step... Like a, like a th- yeah. 3... Three-step uh, step stool or something. Yeah, yeah.
0: You, you're basically on this giant step stool. You have this gigantic bow. You only have three strings to worry about. Yeah. But they're the lowest three strings you'll ever get. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's just massive. And uh, so it has been used here and there by several different uh, composers and things because of its its low tone. hmm Nowadays, with synthesizers, keyboards, and stuff like that, you can get those tones, those octaves. Uh, but originally, it came in at 32.7 hertz. That's one octave below the lowest C uh, of, a, of a cello.
1: So it's freaking low. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Elephants get pissed off when you play this.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, what would you use it for? I mean, like, is it really... It is, it is all about
0: the bass. Seriously, in in orchestras, bands, uh, anything with with music that has, if you you have nothing but high end, mm-hmm. you know treble, then, okay, it's nice, but you have no no oomph, no no power behind it. Bass is used for that that low end rhythmic. It follows the drums sometimes. Sometimes it is the percussion. Uh, Every song that that you love, that I love, one of the major, major keys in that mix is the
1: bass. So, but my... I guess my question is, is like, have they really written things for it? Like, music for it? Because, I mean, it it seems like so low that they wouldn't be able to really, you know, actually use it for anything.
0: Well, like I said, mostly composers. Uh, Most recently... Uh it was used in some of the scoring for Hunger Games. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. So it okay. is it is a usable instrument. It does have merit. Mm-hmm. Uh but it it, it gives you that like Uber low, ominous scare tone, you know, scare note that mm-hmm. everybody loves in horror movies and stuff. Yeah. Um it was used in Jaws. Just that mm-hmm. That was an octave bass. Oh, wow. So it's it's a low instrument, but it is because of its size, its sheer, you know, low octave and it being a bass, which, yeah, it has three strings. So it's not, you know, an average, you know, four five, six string bass, seven string basses are, are out there as well. And so are 12 string basses. They're all low registry instruments. Mm -hmm. And it's just probably my favorite strange instrument of all. And do you want to hear it? Yeah, let's give it a listen.
1: So, yeah, you see what I'm saying? So, but here's the thing is that it seems like the tones are so low mm-hmm. that it's almost, the strings are almost rattling.
0: Well, and I don't really think he was a concert octobassist. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, he was taking his sweet time running that bow across the strings. Yeah. Where if I drop my, my tuning to my acoustic bass, Mm-hmm. And run a bow across it, same thing happens. Really, same thing. Yeah. But if I if I do it at the right tempo, the right you know the right speed, then it doesn't happen. So, like I said, it, it's really kind of the the musician's fault too. Mm-hmm. But he, again, that's just a a presentation of the notes. He's not actually playing a song or you know uh, accompanying something else. But. Pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. It is I need awesome. one. I need a two-story house, because that's the only way it's going to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise... You
1: need a, you need a loft, yeah, right? exactly. And you could just... You could just uh, yeah.
0: You know. It'd be like the Ghostbusters. Instead of sliding down the pole, I'll just slide down the Octobase. The Octobase? Yeah. yeah that'll work. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Joe, I don't know if you know this, but you can actually create music from Tesla coils. Mm. How awesome is this? That is really cool. And this is called the Zeusaphone, named ah, after the, the, the Greek god, god Zeus. Zeus. Yeah. Okay. Because he shot lightning bolts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tesla coils are high-voltage, low-current, high-frequency, resonant uh, electrical uh, transformers. They're capable of producing dramatic plasma discharges in the form of lightning-like electrical arcs. Mm-hmm. Um, Tesla invented the, uh, the Tesla coil in 1891, uh, and he developed alternating current uh, yeah. uh, technology and radio. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the difference between what they use on the Zeusophone, they, they don't use the 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 gap method mm-hmm. which is basically what it is you have uh, it, it's again we're kind of going back when we were talking about the theremin in yes. old time movies right 50s 60s and even before mm-hmm. they had tesla coils which uh, they basically have like a v-shaped Antennae. two antennae shaped in a v mm-hmm. and the electrical current sparks in between them and right. goes up and because rides of up. rides up because of air current and right. then eventually when they get too far where the spark cannot arc anymore, it ends. Well, and it right?
0: snaps like a, a whip.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like, whoopsh, yeah. right? And it goes. Um, now, these are actually, they're using actual, like, like newer transformers to create these like, electrical arcs. Exactly. Roll out. That's exactly. They, the, the Autobots. Um, <laughs> Not those kind of transformers. Yeah. Oh, yes. okay. Um, <laughs> so, Gobots. <laughs> Is that what <laughs> no, we're talking about? Oh God, no!
2: <laughs> <laughs> the I heard they K-MAR were making a version of Transformers. I heard they were making a
1: Gobots movie. Please don't. I heard they were. Please don't. So, uh, so um, the the reason why it's able to play music is because they actually basically hook it up to a MIDI transformer. Okay. Right? So you know the the MIDI you know creates music. Mm-hmm. Now they can't actually use uh, like. They can't hook it up to anything else besides a MIDI. It has to be played in MIDI. Okay. Otherwise, it creates a weird, like flat, completely flat, like uh, electrical kind of not like not a like a good spark. It doesn't create right. like a good like lightning bolt. It actually creates like a weird flat chip like hmm. you know what I mean uh, bolt. It actually so it ha- it ha- cannot be a- um, analog. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so basically, uh, you know, these guys uh, made it. They're, um, they make hi- uh, high-voltage uh, uh, products. Um, they are the Zeusaphone people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and they just they, they created this. They decided this would be an awesome thing to do. And they, uh, they go around and they create these shows, you know what I mean, for, for different places. You know, and uh, this company hasn't been around for very long. They've only been around since 2007. Wow. Uh, You know, Zeusophone has. you know, and they basically created this, you know what I mean? They put MIDI together with, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, the Tesla coil, and they create shows, you know what I nice, mean? I remember, nice. like, I was down at Ocean City this past year, you know, and they had, like, a show, not Zeusaphone specifically, but they had a show where they were, you know, had a laser light show and things like that. And these are some of the people, they just clear everybody out. Mm-hmm. They do the same sort of thing. They create a bizarre Tesla Coil Light Show. Spectacle. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, now, each one, uh, each of them can create two musical tones at the same time.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, so what they do to create more than that, they put two Tesla Coils on either side of the, you know, kind of like the stage where they're performing at. Mm-hmm. So they can create four notes at the same time. Oh, okay, cool. So, you know, two on each, you know, oh, on they each They can actually make Tesla chords. Coil. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, so, uh <clears throat> They can also be in a non-musical mode, just like a regular Tesla coil, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it has a range frequency from 80 to 500 hertz. Hmm. Uh, You can create, I mean, you can do all different kinds of things with the spark level. You can make it, you know, larger or smaller, and they actually sell these, so you can buy these and go perform with them. Nice. You know what I mean? So you can actually go and buy a Zeusaphone if you want. Cool. So what I like is this is this is a newer instrument. All the yeah, other yeah, instruments, yeah. they're very, ant, you know, old. they t- took something old, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, the Tesla coil, and they made something new out of it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so it's actually available to buy if you'd like. You know what they say? It's pretty easy to set up. You know, you just have to make sure you're careful because sparks will fly. Yeah. So did you want to hear? I, I mean, and also, just think about it. How cool is it to play through freaking lightning? <laughs> I know, okay. You are playing. Yeah, I kind of want to do through that. lightning. I kind of want to do that. I know, right? So, um, <laughs> can I hook my uh, my Octobase to it? Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Well, probably not unless no. it plays MIDI. So it's not going to work. I would. I. I it I'll would just be, let it arc through the strings as I'm playing. Yeah. yeah. It ne- here's what we need to do. We need to somehow set up the uh, the the uh, the badgerman. Yeah. The badger, badger Theremin with the, with the Zeusophone and, mm. and, and play, you know what I mean, a Theremin through the Zeusophone. I think we Ooh, could somehow yeah. work that out. So this is the Zeusophone, and uh, I think you'll recognize the song. So basically that is, yeah, they're creating plasma just like the Tesla coil does. Right. You know, it's just like lightning does. Mm. And they're playing, you know, it's uh, I think it's like 300,000 volts of electricity creating plasma with, you know, playing a musical tone through it. That is awesome. I'm right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The only problem is is that it only plays like MIDI, so it sounds like a crappies like, <laughs> like s- 80s band? Yeah, like, or like sin- a 80s... Yeah, you know what I mean? Like you're playing like <laughs> I remember, you know, I I know we keep on bringing up up like old friends, but our old friend Ryan, one of the mm-hmm. things that he would do is he talked about like old keyboards. hmm And he was always like, what was the thing that he would he'd be like, oh this one's uh let's let's try organ. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, oh, well, let me switch over to something else. You know what I mean? Like guitar. Harpsichord. Yeah. Oh, it just cracked me up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like old, <laughs> they weren't like very old good. Old Casio keyboard. Yeah, you know what crap, I mean? Crap. Kawasaki's. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but I mean, you know, the zeusophone kind of sounds the same it does. It all it does. of those. Yeah. They're just sort of, I mean, but the only, the cool thing about it is, is that you can watch the lights, you know what I mean? Like go through this awesome, like rhythm, you mm-hmm. know, at the same exact time, Yeah. you know, and I like, there's all kinds of zeusophone stuff on here. You can see, find like the Ghostbusters theme and, you know, you know, just any kind of like pop culture stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and that's mostly to like gain attention. Right. But, you know, you can really, you could actually play something on it. You know, of your own composition, if you'd like. Hmm. You know, through like a a MIDI keyboard, you know, anything that emits that. Yeah. So, uh, very, very cool. So, uh, Joe, I guess this brings us to the end. I mean, we've had uh, lightning, we've had fire, uh, we've had water, we've had glass, we've had uh, rock. We've had rock. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like real rock. Yeah, yeah, like rock, rock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've literally gone through as many elements that I can possibly think (laughs) of. Right. You know what I mean? That's we need to have a, a, a new band. Yeah. Call it elemental. Elementals. (laughs) Right. And we'll all play these instruments. Like all 10 of the instruments that we talked about. (laughs) Right. All right. uh, Curiosos, thank you so much for joining us for Strange Instruments. We really hope that you liked it. Uh, if you can, please make sure you go on to our, you know, our Facebook, keep in contact with us, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Facebook and Twitter, uh, they're right there in uh, in the description, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, and one of the things that we could really use your help with is going on to iTunes or any pod uh podcatcher that you listen to us on and uh please give us a good review, you yeah. know, or you know, give us at least a review. You <laughs> know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh right now I think we only have something like nine or ten iTunes reviews mm-hmm. uh that I can see right now. Right. And I'd really like to pump that up and get some listeners, uh, you know, tell your friends about us, uh, make sure you're subscribed. Yeah. and make sure you give us uh, you know, a, a decent review and we really really appreciate it thank you so much for listening and uh, play on it's all about the bass the bass it's the all bass. about the bass no travel the
0: what? oh there's a is there no, a song? no travel I, yeah. I don't know what you're talking
1: about are you serious? no you I you don't know the, oh god I'm out of here thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast you can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can also check out our videos, youtube.com backslash curioso Podcasts. You can call our voicemail line, leave us a message, 443-327-9673. On your touchtone phone, that spells hide a sword. On the CurioSo.com website, on the left-hand side, you can help support the show by clicking on our Amazon link. And if you're a real Curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners and it'll make you feel good about yourself. If you'd like to check out some of our sister podcasts, check out thundergrunt.com. And 19. <laughs>
0: It did stuff. What did do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go with that.